This is OG Willikers, and you're listening to Ra Ra Room Radio, episode 34, with Andre and Quana of Santa Fe's very own Fields of Elysium. was uh, Decomposing Celestial Mass off of uh, Fields of Elysium's first album. I am talking about myself in the third person. It feels really weird because I am in Fields of Elysium. So is this gentleman here. My name is Quana Lee. I play guitar and vocals and stuff in Fields. What's my you? name? Andre. I'm <laughs> um, bass and vocals in Fields. Awesome. You guys are Santa Fe legends. You guys have been around for a long time. Yeah, we started playing when we were about 13 years old. Um, Andre found a bass in his mom's music store and we decided to start a band. I didn't even really play anything at that point, but you know how that all goes. Metallica covers, Iron Maiden, that sort of deal. Then we got different friends that we had at the time and sort of filled it out. It's been a big sort of evolution since then. It's been a constant change of just trying to do what we want to do and you know, completely changing our, uh, you know, what we actually listen to and what we want to do, like, throughout 15 years. You know, it's been 15 years since we started, so. 
the genre has kind of evolved as well the styles you do so but back in the day you were more like just playing with metal covers and stuff and then you're like hey we can write some stuff yeah (laughs) and largely learning how to even approach the instrument much less what we want to accomplish with it there's a big learning curve there but uh it's progressed pretty well i think (laughs) so when was your first show our first show was at my mom's church actually (laughs) when we were like 13 years old so that was 2003 yeah somewhere around there it was for a talent show at her church oh wow and uh obviously we were the only metal band (laughs) (laughs) and uh i think we actually played like two or three original songs and maybe like enter sandman and like (laughs) some other like i think what what was our other metallica cover uh master of puppets master of puppets like halfway through (laughs) up to the solo (laughs) That took us a few years. Maybe when we were like 15, we could do the full song. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and have the members besides you two changed quite a bit? Or has it always generally been the same crew? So Omar was our first guitarist. And he was like the original guy besides us two. Uh, and then Sam, Quana's like best friend growing up, his like next door neighbor, was our drummer. And... Uh, he didn't play all... drums. We didn't play our instruments, so we figured it was fine. Uh, that was all through high school, and uh, we switched drummers um, and then released the first album, which is the track you just heard, um, with our second drummer. And we did our second EP with him as well, still with Omar on guitar. And then we parted ways with that drummer, um, Gerald Royball, who was on those two albums, and got Michael Petrie from This Day's Light and another Santa Fe legend. Santa Fe legend. legend. <laughs> Love that dude. And just a swell swell guy. Yeah, super swell. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. And so you've, you've been Fields of Elysium the entire time? Well, I think we got that name when we were about 15. But in the early days, it was... It was at very first, it was Vacancy. We were, like, literally, like, the first day we started the band was like when we found my bass in my mom's music store, I sold something, or I think I sold a cello to buy Omar a nicer guitar because he had a pretty crappy guitar. And Quana <laughs> ordered like a first act, like Sears guitar out of some magazine that my mom had in the music store. Um, yeah. So basically we were like looking through a dictionary, like, oh, that's a cool word. <laughs> that's a pretty cool word. I gotta and say though, we had some really good ones like uh, "Sparkle in the Kitty Cats." That one actually held for a couple years. I think, I think our very <laughs> first piece of merch that we made was like a shitty duct tape, like spray painted sweatshirt that said SKC, and that was what we went by for a long time. <laughs> oh, "Sparkle in the Kitty Cats." And it was Death Bucket for a while. We weren't super serious with the names. Yeah, we we were kind of jumped around <laughs> quite a while. Oh man, that's like. Um Parks and Recreation. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Mouse Rat. Mouse, Mouse Rat. Rat. <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, they had so many good, like Scarecrow Boat, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to make up names. And then rappers, too. It's fun to make up rapper names. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's like one of the best pastimes of being a musician. Right. <laughs> what, would you, what would your rapper name be, Quan? Uh Q-Tip was taken by Dude. the legends. Ah, so dang. it's probably some Q thing because I'm an original. <laughs> I, I think mine would probably be pretty unoriginal too. I mean, oh man, see now I feel Dre. Like I, I mean, was, oh yeah, you're Dre. Q-tip. Well, like, the, the, well, they're all. They're both pretty <laughs> like pretty hard. 
imposters. Speaking of which, like, I think that's like one thing that uh, a lot of people don't see, like being interconnected, like hip hop and death metal, but like they're two genres that lyrically are so similar because like they're, you know, that's, you're able to tell just the most insane stories. Um, God, I'm fucking choking on my own face. <laughs> April winds. April winds. Causing. But I remember uh, listening to Immortal Technique for the first time. This guy showed me. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man. That guy's like one of the most insane lyricists like ever. That guy gets intense. Yeah, he does. And like, that, you know, that's kind of the whole thing with death metal. You can tell these fucking crazy ass stories that you might not be able to with some poppy four chord structure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's you know I think like lyrics in in death metal are similar to like um, graffiti writers. It's like you you try to look at it and you're like, yeah, I know it says something, but I can't quite read it. And then like with death yeah. metal to me, because I don't listen to it a whole lot. You know, I've gone through phases, but lately it's been a lot, a lot of hip hop, so I don't hear it as easily. I'm like, wait. Yeah. What do they say? No, what that's a good say? analogy, though, because, you know, if somebody takes a <clears throat> graffiti at face value, they say, that looks like shit, I can't read it. Well, if you're trying to read it, you know, you may be looking at it from the wrong point of view. Like, there's a whole different... There's, there's that piece on the wall there that Wonky did, yeah. my buddy who does a lot of our art. says wise guys, but I doubt you'd ever be able to... Fig- it took me a while to figure it out. I mean, you have to appreciate it, and then you start to learn how to, uh, to, read how it. to appreciate it better, you know? And a lot of graffiti writers, their thing is like, oh, you can't read it, you can't read it. Like, that's our code, that's our language, you know? So, yeah, totally. Screw you. <laughs> if you don't want to, if you don't know it. No. Luckily, he's he's my friend and he's nice to me and he helps me <laughs> read it. <Right. laughs> well, and then it's interesting with uh, death metal lyrics, you sort of get the, if you actually look at the lyrics, that can kind of decipher it. And then you can really recognize and appreciate how patterns are laid out and how the, how the vocals are a, a very important piece and often the most uh, hated on piece, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was the thing that kept me away from death metal for the longest time. Like, you know, we were just into Iron Maiden, Metallica, and like, you know, the lighter side of metal. And uh, my cousins were way into like Fear Factory and Slayer and Pantera. And even, you know, even Slayer and Pantera, that's not, I don't even see that as death metal now, but like that. That sort of edge they had to their voice. I was like, man, that's that's scary. You know, when you're a 12, 13 year old kid, that's a little bit intense. But like, once you get into it and you like see that that's like where the passion is like coming from is like that raw emotion, and it doesn't always have to come from singing a melody. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's it's sort of like um, how hip hop gets. There's deeper levels because because you know, talking to Sarah, um, that's Andre's partner my lady and someone i work with so we chat a lot and we tend to chat a lot about your band (laughs) but so she's always telling me about you know the connections that you guys have on tour and oh this guy does this and they i don't know just just the way she describes it sounds just like the hip-hop underground culture Hmm. and the touring circuits that we all work with and the people we work for and try to help out i mean it's all a diy sort of community obviously it's the same kind of principles and same thing but it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just fun to kind of look look into the window and see, like, you know, we never, because it's rare, it's like, yo, look, we got this new album, we we really want a rapper on this one part. Like, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> I mean, it does, but well, it's like, that's more like kitschy, like, 
Like, right. that's not really, like, a thing that people want, <laughs> like, in general. Yeah. <laughs> it's more gimmicky. But um, but it's still cool to be able to find ways to still, rep, you know, respect each other. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's definitely some cool crossover. I feel obligated to bring up Arc Spire. They're a band um, that has definitely pushed <clears throat> some kind of boundary between metal and hip hop, <clears throat> where the the vocalist talks about it in some videos and stuff, where he basically screams death metal super, super fast with sort of a hip hop kind of rhythm to it. Yeah, if you hear like. His main influence is absolutely like Tech Nine. Like he's just this speed hmm. rapping death metal wizard. Yeah. <laughs> um, to put it strangely, but yeah, they're definitely one of the top tier bands that uh, I know everyone in our tech community has like been super inspired by. Um, and they're out there doing shit, you know, like getting out to Japan like on the regular basis and nice. su- super inspirational. Man. Yeah. yeah, you got to check out that vocalist. He's very. Uh, death metal hip-hop for sure there's another dude uh his name's weto el weto hmm. and he is out of taos hmm. and i rocked a show with him back in november and man he would rap and stuff but his beats were, like had guitars and it's kind of like there's still beats and he was still emceeing so that part was very hip-hop but his hooks would just be straight up screaming like stuff you know and then he would have some raps and it was it was a straight up blend and it was like which is funny actually because one of my friends that was there was like dude that guy should should like open for tech nine that'd be like a perfect thing for that guy so so there must be yeah that's something maybe i'm not tapping into that i need to explore more i mean i think there's a lot of people in the metal community who are inspired by hip-hop and um you know i'd hope it would be vice versa uh but i don't really know because i don't really hang out with that many people who are super into hip-hop but it comes and goes for me like i just like if when you guys drop your new album i'll probably listen to it a million times i'll be like yeah fuck yeah but then you know like i don't like seek out like oh i need some more metal Hmm. i just kind of i'm people ask me what i listen to and i'm like like local music like music that people i know make like that's the thing like sometimes i'll listen to radio hits just because i'm sort of curious but Hmm. Music I like to listen to is stuff that I know the person who made it. Right. I don't know why. It's just something about the community. And and I don't know. I just, just more. Because for me, it's like, and they're my peers. You know, I'm a musician. It's what I'm trying to do. So I want to see what people on my level, or at least in my, you know, physical realm are doing. You know, it's yeah, kind of, you know. Totally. Just, Especially what's going on at the time, like relevant to music in general, you know, where you're your area's music is kind of like, I don't know what it's, uh, what am I trying to say? Like how music is kind of consistent with the times and to know your local music scene kind of keeps you consistent with your time. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah no, that's true. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I'd, you know, I'll still maybe check out the new Jay-Z album or whatever that comes out, you know, like some of the legends, like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I got to check that out. But, but you know, I don't know who the hot new upcoming people are like on that level as right. much. Mm-hmm. There's, so, I'm, there's so much to listen to here. Is, man. And that kind of goes back to where I was starting with my point earlier about the hip hop and, and metal scene is like you guys started with that, that like lighter Metallica stuff and then then got deeper with it. And that's how like a lot of hip hop people start rapping about money and fame, and just like this surface level ego stuff. Yeah. 
Once and I actually like dive you're in. like, all right, whatever. That's I don't care about your shit. Yeah. And then like you hear these like deeply lyrical people with complex rhythms and they're saying stuff. You're like, okay, that's that's the real. That's hip hop. First time know? I heard Gangstar, I was hooked. Guru man. Guru man. <laughs> rest in peace. Yeah. No. Yeah. So many, so many greats. Yeah. But anyway, the first album I ever got actually, uh, my sister got me from uh, Fye. She used to work there when she was like a teenager. She got me uh, fucking Eminem, Slim Shady. What, what, what was his first one? Marshall Mathers. Yeah. <clears throat> Dude, like that was that was a heavy heavy CD. Like at that at that time, I was still kind of confused. Like I listened to System of a Down. I listened to like green day i listened to eminem and i listened to you know whatever like would come my way and that album to me i remember like damn this is heavy you know i didn't really differentiate that it was you know hip-hop or metal i just remember thinking that's a fucking heavy album you know oh yeah and well i mean just the themes and the things he would yeah would talk about like yeah. like you know honestly if i was a parent in that day and age i don't know if I, how i'd feel about my kids listening <laughs> to it depending on how old they are but i'd be like whoa Dang. No, I definitely... Like, like he st- really pushed you on, and that's what he, the essence of his career was at yeah. that point, but... That was damn. one of those CDs that I, like, I had to ask my sister for it for Christmas. I didn't <laughs> ask my mom for it, you know, because it was fucking parental, explicit, you know, advisory. I my friend had. Somehow I got it from my friend. I don't think my parents... I just totally bypassed the family and, like, got it, like, from someone at school or Sick. somehow <laughs> got it. And I was like, Yeah. That's I can't. Cool. I can't bump this too loud in my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. listening to fucking steal this album, System of a Down. Like putting it in my mom's car when she like first got a CD player, <laughs> and like I uh, forgot what the fuck song it was that came on. Uh, where he, like he says fuck a couple times, and my mom was like, <gasps> "What is this? <laughs> like, you cannot listen to this." And I, she like broke the CD. Like chucked it out the window or something. I remember my brother had a copy of it on tape, and I would always just go and like sneak the tape, and, like go listen to the tape. <laughs> well, let's get into a song. All right, let's um, make some ears bleed. Well, let's uh, use this time to promote the Blood of the Beggar tour that we're going to be going on. So, that's a banger of a fucking track from the headliner, Inanimate Existence. Um, our homies from California. Uh, they released one of the sickest albums this last year, um, Underneath the Melting Sky off of the artisan era like one of the sickest labels like in this genre at the moment um so yeah i would definitely bump that song it's blood of the beggar
was an animate existence. We're super stoked to be hitting the road with those dudes and another band, The Last of Lucy, who's also from California. Last of Lucy's been some of our good friends actually for about six or seven years now. I think they came down to Santa Fe on this tour uh, back when they had a totally different lineup. Um, Gad was the only original member, I think. Yeah, right? Gad, their guitarist, was like <laughs> the only original member, and they had Joe on vocals. Uh, super sick technical band, though. I remember like they were one of those bands that we kind of just straight away vibed with, and we we're like, damn, we're on different sides of the country, but we're doing like the same shit. You know, this is fucking cool. Always threatened to tour together, so it's awesome that it's finally happening. <laughs> oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah, especially with such a strong carnation of their band, like they're they're doing so well right now. They just released a fucking super sick album too, Ashvata. Ashvata. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you guys have been at it forever. You're doing tours now, but you you seem to be taking it more seriously than before. Not saying you weren't always serious, but you seem to be more. You're touring more. I'm seeing your merch out there. Your social media is more active. Um, maybe I'm just noticing more, but it seems like there's a bigger push now than there has been in a long time. Is yeah. that true? No, absolutely. And a lot, a, you know, a big part of that is the lineup that we've gotten. We've gotten now, you know, um, from the brief history before, you know, we stayed with uh, our old drummer, Gerald Royball, and guitar player Omar Serrano. And uh, that was the lineup for those two albums, uh, Unraveling Arcane Dynamics and uh, K-Pax. 2009. 2009, and then K-Pax Universe Side, 2012. Uh, so that's like kind of all people really have to know about us as a band is that lineup. And I feel like there's a huge, huge evolution with this lineup. Um, Michael Petrie uh, was a huge influence on us, like getting our rhythmic sense where it needs to be we were always so scattered before and didn't really know how to count riffs and we just kind of played whatever and kept playing and kept playing and kept playing until the song was done you know and now we kind of I feel the groove more with him and I feel more like a bass player um I feel like Daniel Murphy our guitarist has definitely done the same thing with our melodic sensibilities um I haven't quite paid as much attention to him as Quana has. I need to start honing in on his wizardry a bit more. But Yeah, he's brought a lot of theory, um, sort of, I guess, harmonic theory, and Petrie's brought a lot of rhythmic theory. And I feel like we got a really strong crew now because of that. And, and it's just uh, you four. It's just us four, yeah. yeah it's still four-piece. So half the band has changed, but you're the two core original... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really exciting to be uh working with Augustine Ortiz on this album too. Um I was super stoked to hear that podcast that you did with him. Oh yeah, that was a great episode. Shout out. Yeah. Augustine. <laughs> but um been uh working on this album for about three and a half, four years now. We we recorded drums. We recorded drums about three and a half years ago. Holy shit. Uh <laughs> That's how uh, I it's feel. it's painful to start talking about that, but yes, it's we finally, finally just finished putting the sprinkles on with uh, 
an awesome fucking saxophone solo by our good friend uh, Sam from the Candyman. Sam Atkinson. Sam oh, yeah, Atkinson. that guy's awesome. Yeah, one of the coolest fucking dudes in the scene around here. Oh, yeah. He threw down some sick sax. Sexy. Yeah. Sexy sax. <laughs> sax. Six sax. Six sexy sax. Dude, man, say that solo. six times fast. A six sexy sax solo. Solid musician. Okay. But uh, now Augustine, he's been uh, producing rec- uh, this album since the beginning from the drum tracks and he's going to be mixing and mastering it now for us and uh, hopefully we will have finalized product uh, of these songs that we've been playing live for a few years now Um, so everyone in the local scene will definitely be relieved to finally have some physical evidence of these songs besides (laughs) going out to a concert I know exactly that's how my record is been five years since I started it six months since i've been really working on it and some of those songs i've been playing for five years yeah um i mean i wrote every show every time but some of my staples are still yet to be released even guys in my crew i'll play them the track they'll be like wait you still haven't released that song i'm like yeah man that's that's how it goes man (laughs) i mean i think a big part of it is just dealing with the uh adult life and you know working a busy job and you know i just bought a house a couple years ago Uh, i think that's been one of the biggest things that's been helpful is living with kwan and like seeing his drive like not only with music but with kwantars he's fucking very driven individual kwantars what are those (laughs) oh shit Uh, i guess a few summers ago i got the wild idea to try to build a guitar um after all the time and attention that I had put into the band, it was sort of another way that my creativity could sort of support music, and I could kind of only rely on myself to some degree to make it happen, so it was kind of a whole personal art art adventure, I guess. But uh, then upon my, the completion of my first guitar in 2012, um, originally... I just wanted to build a guitar, but then everybody sort of like everyone that I would show the guitar to would kind of push me to want to make another one and do more, do more. So I like the analogy of the Cartman land thing. It's like, I've got my own amusement park. You can't get in, but you know, he's kind of got to keep it affordable to make, you know, keep building himself more amusement park guitars. (laughs) That's how it's kind of been because I have, you know, three personal ones. Uh, and then I've sold three guitars as well, and uh, as well as the others that I'm working on. But um, it's kind of hard to match the you know the manufacturing um, standards that other guitar companies have when that's their day job. You know, I serve tables. I'm not paying my bills with this, so every extra moment I have has to go towards the guitars in order to keep all the mo- all the different wheels turning. You know. And that helps, inversely helps the band, and the band helps that. So it's kind of, you know, all congruent towards a sort of common goal for the theme. <laughs> and these guitars are awesome. They're I mean, true I, pieces of art. I've man. never heard one or actually seen one in person <coughs> online. I watch every time you post something about that. I'm like, dang. <laughs> and the comments, everyone's like, oh, man, I, I love those things. I want one. So you're clearly doing something right. That's great. Yeah, I mean, that's been you know, a huge thing that keeps me going because it's great to see a big shiny product come out, but what you don't see is like the, the, 
the toll that went into building it. You know, I put, I lost track over a hundred hours on one guitar and, you know, imagine when the thing's almost done and then, you know, the anticipation that, that comes with it, you know, turning out correct is, is pretty huge. And it's hard to, I mean, maybe, maybe it's easy to appreciate in the guitar, but it's, it's a, makes it kind of a big accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, man. Have you, uh, what's your Instagram? Uh, it's, I think you can look it up through Quantars, uh, Q-U-A-N-T-A-R-S. You have a website as well? Uh, yeah, Quantars.com. Oh, okay, cool. That's well. a good way to send it to pe- send people to. And there's all yeah, the admire. links on there, Instagram, field, the Facebook, and I think the Fields thing is within that somewhere. Yeah. <coughs> I think they're all nice. in the same circles. And we'll have some show notes, so we'll put some website Sick. links. Cool. It's uh, really exciting to see if anyone wants to see the guitarists that ended up with these beautiful works of art. Uh, Greg Paulson used to be in the band Archaic. He's one of the sickest guitarists around now. Um, He's regularly posting videos on Instagram and Facebook of him playing like the most beautiful Quantar. Yeah, it's super awesome to see just this, that the talent, the musical talent can kind of be attached to the art that I made. Like, I don't know, it's wild to see the intersection of art, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun way to, you know, like I never imagined you were saying your origin story where you didn't play anything, but he found a bass and you guys were like, oh, okay, yeah. let's do this. Cause why not? We're kids. Right. So you're like a guitar maker now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's such a, a lot between point A and B. No, it's must true. Must have occurred right. in order for <laughs> He was to... just so pissed off at that first act guitar, you know, he was like, oh, I must build my own. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I have I mean... my first electric guitar hanging right there. It's a covered. Uh, nice. I think uh, it's a Hastings Samick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A big part of it's kind of, you know, sooner or later you're like, oh, well, I want this sort of thing on my guitar. I want this different or that different. And those sort of form the idea of like, okay, well, now let's just build it the way that I want it. Um, sort of like I have no option being too creative with it is just kind of the the destiny of it I guess <laughs> well they're cool I hope to see one live one day gotta yeah. see you guys rocking uh, this is uh, chapter 3 Ashvatha awaits from uh, The Last of Lucy another band that we're gonna be hitting the road with on the Blood of the Beggar tour this summer check it out
That was The Last of Lucy with uh, Chapter 3 from uh, Ashvata, the uh, sickest fucking Tech Death album. One of my favorites from uh, the last year, actually. Tech uh, Death. Tech Death with that sexy sax, man. <laughs> I love genre names. I hate trying to like describe things with genre names because it's just so hard. But the names that come out of people trying to describe music is awesome. Especially trying to describe this to like older people they're like tech techno techno death what what then they get such a weird idea of what it could possibly be you know yeah. it's like metallica mom yeah oh, oh okay i get it okay <laughs> <laughs> cool like weird wine descriptors or something <laughs> i know as a waiter you're a waiter right yeah, yeah selling wine we're all waiters yeah, we both. so it's just like the wine tastings we I used to do mm-hmm. we used to where he works now is where I used to work, and we used to do these wine tastings all the time. And they'd go off these wine people, man. They go off about like, like they know like every the little thing the about ten. the soil and how it's grown and the people, the family history of the people who grew the vines and all these yeah. anecdotes on and I'm like, yo, just tell me three fucking words. Like, <laughs> that's really is it for a Pinot Noir drinker or is it for a Malbec drinker? Yeah. All right, word. <laughs> next one but <laughs> i mean you know cool if you love that thing good for you no big deal but just for me like it just became so like <clears throat> uh. the same is to be said though for like metal elitists and the snobs who will sit there and tell you like oh but this riff is definitely an inspiration from uh this band so they've got they've got this little tiny bit of thrash you know I'll give you like yeah, I guess snobs are snobs, subs. you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you just said that about why and it hit a trigger for me. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> You're not far off there. <laughs> I thought, you know, I started working with beer afterwards, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, this is cool. It'll be way different. Nope. Fucking beer people, they're almost worse. Cause beer <laughs> is a humbler beverage. Just chill out and drink your beer. Like, yeah, come it's on. just beer. You're not beer. buying a house. Like, <laughs> order your beer. Right, anyway, hey, I uh, hope my boss is not listening. Anyhow, about uh, you guys, FOE. So yeah, we're uh, trying to get this album. It's it's being mixing and mas- mixed and mastered right now. Brand new album, trying to drop before tour, but uh, Augustine Ortiz is doing a lot of it. Uh, yeah, basically we've been ready to release this album for a while you know i uh wrote some of these songs together with these guys like five years ago uh so to say that we're a little little bit antsy is an understatement um really yeah, this we're is just, my old shit like i don't even <laughs> really it like, kind of is now come it on is but um the artist game indie artist life there yeah. it's just super exciting to be able to get out on the road again and to be getting out there with such sick fucking bands um I mean, we've uh, we've done a couple tours in the past, but we haven't done a tour with like, you know, these sort of level of bands uh, in a while. It's gonna be nice to like actually get out there and play for some like-minded individuals. And and so you're you're playing for bands that are generally bigger than you guys. You're saying on this tour? I mean, in some ways, a, a bit. You know, as far as the our genre goes. Well, that's a great thing, you know, because to be able to do that. Are you playing bigger venues than you normally would be able to get on your it's own? It's still going to be like a lot of bars and stuff, but uh, you know that's that's how it goes for this share, genre. Yeah, you share the uh, the fan bases that way, and you get a little out of there. But all right, cool. cool. I mean, uh, it's been kind of a, a 
weird thing seeing the DIY uh, thing go down with the past few tours we've done. They've been on the DIY level. And a lot of times, you know, you get local bands to come out and like that's that's how you end up getting a good show is you get like local bands in that scene to get their friends to come out and uh unfortunately if you're not if you don't have an album out like we haven't had one out since 2012 people just don't really care to stick around for you and sometimes it's really disheartening to see a full room and then when you guys go on there's five six people you know oh i so, know that story all too well yeah <laughs> It's okay. That's when you have to like hype yourself up. Be like, you know, I do this for me. Exactly. Exactly. And that's like and kind of the rational. connection. Maybe those five people, one of them will remember. One of them has a cousin in this other band that can hook you up with. Like, I feel like I'll play for some weird shows and I get some of the best little things out of it. Just hmm. Whatever it is. It's just like it's networking. It creates the next move. It's true. I know for you guys, you have way more gear and stuff to lug around. It's a lot of work. It's part of why I switched to hip hop. I just take yeah. a flash, flash drive and maybe <laughs> a microphone. Laptop, I'm yeah. ready to rock. <laughs> yeah, our gear list has definitely been changing. We uh, Andre incorporated a whole whole bunch of MIDI to the new album, which is like a whole new instrument, and uh, that's part of the reason it pushed the album back. But at the same time, that is going to make the album so much better too. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Definitely a whole nother layer. Uh, kind of playing keyboards with my feet in a sense um i have just so metal dude my pedal board's <laughs> almost as big as this table here um uh, it's kind of large but so is my bass how big is this table would you say uh like four four and a half feet wide <laughs> three feet deep i don't know it, it's a large pedal board it weighs like 80 pounds but um just to be able to pull those sounds out of my ass, you know, just to have a harpsichord and a freaking bassoon, and I, I'm, there's a part where I play a sax solo with my bass instead oh my of God. instead of having the sax being looped. I, I loop my bass part and then play the sax part. Uh, it's fun. I think it's it adds a very like sort of a third sort of layer that I have to try and keep doing. Like it's kind of stupid that I'm already playing bass and doing vocals and now I'm adding a third thing to try and not fuck up at the same time but uh that's the interesting part though is it doesn't lose like it it enhances the musicianship of it because you know a lot of bands will use backing tracks which if maybe you're not paying attention it might sound like that because of the you know generated sounds but really he's playing all of it like you know there's the one looping part I guess but playing all that instrument is a totally different thing than a backing track and it's worth noting I feel like <laughs> oh yeah that's the difference between playing pressing in hip hop pressing play on an iPod iPod that's old school no one has iPods anymore Back in iPad. press and play on your phone pull that shit up on SoundCloud streaming dog yeah and <laughs> and uh like actually having um even just a DJ scratching and not to say just a DJ, but I guess to go further to like having someone live sample and making the beats, mm -hmm. but even not even doing that, but just having the DJ playing the beats and then scratching and cutting like that's So if you're not paying attention, you might not, not notice like if yeah. you're at a show like, Oh, there's no DJ up there or whatever. But now it's pretty hard not to notice that, but mm. I guess just by listening, you might not notice. Right. But then you actually look like, Oh no. And that extra element when we have our DJ on stage, man, it's it's all it, like you think it's not that big. It's just a guy on a table like messing with some mm. things on a computer, but not really. Like he's running 
the whole show. Right. And even if he does scratches one time, even if he does the minimum, the crowd is going to vibe more. And then after the show, every time someone's like, oh, you guys actually have a real DJ. Oh, man. And then, like, everyone wants to give him all kinds of props. That's and, right. that's and that's, like, the difference. So, like, you doing that yeah. with your thing, like, they're not paying attention. Who cares? They're not paying attention anyway. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. been kind of another thing that Daniel has kind of brought to the band. Like he's a he was the pedal board madman when he joined the band. He brought in this pedal board that was just crammed full every square inch that could have been taken up by a pedal is taken up by a pedal. And uh, you know he's always like pulling out some crazy ass thing. He has this Miku pedal. It's this thing from Korg, I think. Korg, yeah. <laughs> the weirdest fucking pedal in the world. It's basically. Um, a Japanese pop star's voice. <laughs> what? Uh, this this Japanese pop star Miku. She is the biggest pop star in the world, and she's actually an anime character that was created by some like sixty year old man. You're blowing my mind on this episode. You gotta you gotta look this shit up, man. And um, she has number one like platinum selling records in Japan, and uh, it's just a an algorithm that's you know a, a computer program basically and it's the perfect like japanese pop star's voice and uh this pedal just kind of recreates a, f- a few certain uh syllables and it just is the most wild sounding thing he'll bust it out every once in a while <laughs> for shits and giggles oh my it's, i'm sure if i owned that i would have some instagram videos of it oh i should probably look there's some for sure <laughs> i should look at his page you guys all have it have cool pages actually i don't have an instagram it. but I do, oh, the, no. I do the Facebooks. Where have I seen you? Maybe it's Facebook. Yeah, I just always you do post Facebook. Stuff. All right. Cool. Well, so you guys are mad scientists. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it adds kind of a cool layer. Like, even though we've been playing these songs, our tour that we did three years ago with uh, Astringency and Eat a Helicopter, we were playing all these songs. But uh, we've had people... Eat a Helicopter. Eat a Helicopter. Uh, so <laughs> crazy slam, like, scene band from uh, Albuquerque pretty fucking cool dudes uh but uh you know we've had some of these people like who heard these songs come up to us and be like hey these new songs sound sick they just kind of you know the new layers really does add a lot i feel like and we've gotten a bit tighter on them i feel like too Mm -hmm. nice yeah well blowing everyone away (laughs) you guys are awesome man um so we have the tour yeah, we that's, have, that's the name. We have the album and the tour, and those are the next big adventures for you guys. Have you thought further than that, or are you just just trying to catch up with what's going on in front of some, you? <laughs> we have some plans, but you know, it's all it's all one step at a time. You know, we kind of have a lot of uh, big list we're working on. Nice, awesome. good prospects. Forward. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't yeah. want to spoil the surprises here, <laughs> but well, we got plenty to work. Uh, plenty to look forward to now. We've got the album, the tour. Yeah, this tour is going to be a fun one, too. We're, uh, what is the <laughs> tour? Tell us a little bit about that. So we're going to be starting in Santa Fe at Ghost uh, on June 17th. That's going to be the first day. Uh, and then we're going basically south through Texas from there um, into some southern states. All the, way to, all the way to like Florida and up the east coast. Um couple new york dates um all the way to rhode island yeah all the way to rhode island uh wisconsin a couple midwest states in between chicago 
Hey, yes. uh, 22 shows this isn't in like all. This is a tour. This is a tour. This is a tour, man. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest at least tour you've ever done? No, actually. No. Oh, we did uh, um, a few years ago with Abolishment of Flesh. We hit, what, all four corners of the U.S.? Yeah, US. we did 30... 34 shows. 30, yeah. No, 32 shows in 34 days, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. So well, this will be, be a second longest second for longest sure. Long. 21 shows in 22 days. Yeah. Oh, God. That it's going to be intense. Crazy. Yeah. Fun. And Lots huge, of driving. No huge time to party. <laughs> huge shout out to ADHD Entertainment, too, for booking it. Yeah. Jason, Jason Tyler, Tyler has been uh, doing an awesome job getting this whole thing together for us. And definitely a very professional guy. If anyone's looking for uh, a tour booking agent, I would definitely suggest him. Very professional. Awesome. Nice. So we got. We got all the details. We got some shout-outs. Anything else you want to say? We miss anything? Mm. Talk about your amazing action figure collection. Maybe that's, maybe that'll be the bonus episode. I mean, we'll if, <laughs> if anyone's looking at my pedal board while we're on tour, there's I had like a quarter inch here and a quarter inch there, and I was able to fit like a Beast Wars Optimus Optimus Primal and a Beast Wars uh, Megatron, the T-Rex, like the pink-purple T-Rex. That's my two favorite like toys ever so I found like little micro versions of them yeah, they're coming with me everywhere I go that's like always been my thing about going on tour I always bring some sort of toy and like put it up on the rear view mirror or something <laughs> little icon I always drag these guys to different toy stores if we have any time off I'll, I'll be the one who's like alright guys we're not gonna sit around this park we're gonna go find a fucking toy store we're gonna find some toys <laughs> Yeah, and this collection is incredible. <coughs> it's um, it's yeah. Let's let's take a second before we end this show. Just quick, tell us about Andre's um, museum. I mean, anyone, any bands who have come through, who've stayed at our house, they definitely know. Like it's uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a museum. There's freaking Transformers galore, all Beast Wars, like all the '90s Transformers. That was that's my that's my bag. Yeah, so so I go over to the house and I hear, oh yeah, he's got some a cool collection, you know, cool, you know. When someone says that, you think like, oh, a cool collection, you know, like no like expectations. I walk into this house, I'm in a hurry. I don't leave for like over an hour just because <laughs> I'm staring at his. And they're all in glass cases with nice lighting. It's like they're all preserved. He's got the hot toys, which are like the nicest toys ever made. Dude, those ever. things are ridiculous. Like you look at the, a photo of of any of them, and you think it's actually like a, a screenshot from the film. Straight like, up, they're like like crazy detailed. Yeah, that was kind of uh, my crazy obsession for a while. It was just uh, buying these crazy, crazy toys that uh, I tried to justify it as seeing them as a. Uh, an investment and uh it's finally kind of turning around to that point now that we're needing to go on tour needing to get the van fixed needing to buy merch where i'm like starting to turn around and like sell these i've stole like all of my star wars toys all those oh he had like luke hanging with the hand with his hand missing like hanging from like the best the, bin outfit yeah the best bin outfit oh man yeah yeah man that's it's sad to see him go but i i respect your responsible choice yeah i mean like i was saying you know i've I've uh, been a man of too many hobbies for a long time, and I I don't want to let music slip into that category. I need to view it as a business and a you know a passion that, that you know it really is. It's what keeps me fucking sane. Like 
I can sit there and buy toys and look at toys forever. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be the emotional outlet that you music. You is. still got that Iron Man? Oh hell yeah! All right, okay. <laughs> we're cool there. He's, a, he's, a, he's <laughs> on eBay though. Just saying. Oh no! <laughs> oh, if the price played. is right, I've just played. No, no, that's great though. Yeah, cool man. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Quanta? Quantars are amazing. <laughs> um, just keep an eye out for the new album in Ancient Contemplation. Um, oh, got that name drop. Damn. Yeah. There it is. Is that the official announcement? I think that's the first time we've ever said it. I don't think we've announced it on social media or, media or anything like that. Yeah. Well, you made Worldwide exclusive. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is the lyrics to like one of the songs that we play every single show. <laughs> that's cool, though. You got the artwork. You're an artist, too, as far as you do the artwork. He's done the artwork for, for both albums. albums. Yeah. Um, Quana is the one I'm referring to. Yeah, I've done. I forget that no one's watching. <laughs> <laughs> I've done two of the our basically our both of our album covers, but this new one I sort of collaborated on it with Tony Cole, who's a really badass artist who's been doing it and has for so long and has some of the greatest credentials. And we're super stoked to be working with him. Yeah, and, job uh, for a cowboy, uh, Black Dahlia Murder. He's done some like the top top names in metal, and he's been one of my favorite artists in metal since i was about 15 yeah. i used to rock black dahlia murder a Sick. bunch yeah you go, cool see i feel cool now i know so <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> yeah no he's he's a good guy and we're we're stoked about that so we're, we're gonna be releasing that before too long hopefully keep an eye out yep sweet and uh i got my guantanamo bass coming <laughs> soon as soon as uh, we're back from tour my uh quantar bass is gonna be completed and uh, I'm fucking really excited about that. Me too. Just just hearing about, I don't know what it looks like, but I've learned with you guys. I, pr- I have pretty high expectations of you guys now, actually. <laughs> you guys are just too awesome. That's what happens when you excel, though. Shit, man. We're going to have to put out more of you. Oh, yeah, shit. you guys got to do. You gotta, Pressure's on. You got to do something. <laughs> or you could just lower the expectation, you know, either way. It's, all, it's on you guys. <laughs> I guess so. Shit. All right, well, let's let's end it out with... All right, we're going to do the final track off of uh, Cape Axe Universe, Scattered by the Storm. This is another song that we'll be playing on the road this summer. (laughs) 